You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on The Bad Batch, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and all the other cool and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys? It's going good. Excited to be continuing our commentary for the Clone Wars micro series, especially now that it is on Disney Plus. And I've been holding off on watching volume two on Disney Plus until we recorded our commentary for it. So this will be my first time watching it on here. So I'm excited. Yeah, this is I, this is one of my favorite maybe Star Wars things ever. I, I liked volume one a lot when it came out. But I, I, I mean, I liked it because Star Wars and I loved it. But when volume two came out, I lost my mind. Like I thought it was incredible for so many different reasons, which we'll get into in this, this commentary. So I'm ecstatic. I can't wait. This is definitely, this to me is, is my favorite aspect of, 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 of both of obviously, but to me, this may even go down as one of my favorite Star Wars things, at least maybe in legends or, you know, whatever you want to call it. I, I like it a lot. It's, I would hold this up there with the Dave Filoni stuff. Not the best of Dave Filoni stuff, but up there with Dave Filoni Clone Wars saga. So or series or whatever. So that's what I that's what I think anyway. I'm curious if you guys think the same thing. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, and as we get into this, you know, I, I'm sure some some of the stuff that'll come up will be kind of comparing this to the newer Clone Wars series. And even um, you know, I talked about last time wanting to talk about just some of the ways that the two of them can kind of fit together. Um Potentially, even though this is non-canon, I think, you know, there's, if you wanted to try to work it out where both of these could exist, you know, there's, um, I mean, there is some overlap now that we've got the Siege of Mandalore and we have a canon ending to the Clone Wars, but um, there's there's some wiggle room there, I think. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk oh, about yes. all that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, we're just going to jump right into the commentary here. There's not really, there hasn't been any news since the last time we recorded Um Except for, I mean, I you know, there was like a Hasbro thing the other day where they announced some new Black Series figures and stuff like that, but we don't really cover a whole lot of collecting stuff. I've already pre-ordered a few, sir. I've already pre-ordered a few. Well, that's that's way ahead of what I'm at because I don't even know what they announced. <laughs> that's how far out of the game hey, I am on collecting um, now. It's, so. um, well, I, 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 you know me. I'm terrible with names. It's the other Mandalorian. Um, yeah, what's no, her name? The, the see, wrestler. I know, I know the names. There's Cosca Reeves from the Mandalorian. Yeah, Scott Reeves, There's right. uh, yes, Tech from the Bad Batch. Those are the only two I remember. I didn't order either of them yet. 
Zero um, and, and a, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Z, the the droid uh, Q nine zero. Which oh, I was going to say such, zero the hut. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, the droid I zero. Wish. No, I, I I do. I have pre-ordered Orasing and and Coscarees because I have all the Mandalorians. Um, even like I have like I think all the variant Boba Fett's minus like the weird vintage exclusive ones from whatever. But I have all the Mandalorians of Black Series figures, so I had to keep it going. So I, I just got my uh, Bo-Katan series uh, figure the other day. Oh, nice. Um, I, I should, be, I just, I should I, be getting my Bo-Katan in the mail probably tomorrow. Yeah, and I also have um, the new Asaz Asa Ventress as well, which I, need, I just opened today. Or I haven't opened it, but I just kind of opened the package. Oh, nice. I need to do a live uh, stream video on like maybe the comic binge of me opening these figures like because I – I haven't opened them yet, yet. I need to figure out what I'm gonna do with them, but I can't. I have to get them. Come on. Yeah, so, yeah. I yeah, need to. Yeah. I need to get my hands on Ventress. I've got, and I don't buy a ton of figures, but um, yeah. Like obviously, I had to get Bo-Katan. I've got Moff Gideon pre-ordered. That for some reason, like he was. I know some people have him already. Like I pre-ordered him on Amazon when he first came out, and it was supposed to come out in February, and then that got pushed back to like May. Um, so I'm still waiting on that one, but yeah, I definitely want to grab that Ventress if I can find it, but yeah, so, so, uh, so some new figures were announced. Um, but yeah, as, like I said, aside from that, there hasn't really been any new news or, you know, no new trailers or casting announcements for any of the upcoming projects or anything like that. Um, although I guess there actually was a bit of a leak, I think, and I see, I don't even know if this is official or not, but it was some casting site. So it's probably not that official. Um, but I don't know. Did you guys see that going around? Like the thing about the Ahsoka series? Just about the description for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was like a little plot synopsis for it that got leaked. That basically just said like, it talked about Ahsoka hunting down Thrawn in hopes that it'll lead her to the missing Jedi Ezra Bridger, um, or something like that, which, I mean, I think we all figured anyways, like no big surprise there, but, um, mm. You know, cool to get that confirmation if that is indeed legit. I mean, that could be something that somebody just made up and posted on the internet because it's not that far fetched. Um, but yeah, who knows? I definitely would not be surprised to see um, Ezra show up in the Ahsoka series. In fact, I'm pretty much expecting it. But uh, yeah, so that was going around. And then obviously, you know, the last time we recorded, we talked about all this uh, this vintage Star Wars content that was coming to Disney Plus, and so this is all out now. Um, so we're going to watch season two of the Clone Wars micro series and we're watching this on Disney plus um, and going to just watch it all synced up on here instead of the DVD copies so that uh, I mean, I doubt there's that much of a difference. But in case there's any little timing things that are off um, for those of you that want to watch along with us, we figured it'd be easier to sync up with this version. So we're going to go and do that. But obviously, both seasons of the micro series are on here. Uh, the droids cartoon or no, I think it's the Ewoks cartoon and the Ewok movies. Um, and that Boba Fett, um, you know, short animated segment from the holiday special, but they did also announce, I think it was in the press release on starwars.com when this stuff came out, they announced that the, uh, droids cartoon, the one that's not on here would be coming at a later date. Um, so we can look forward to that as well. And, oh, there's Paul. I was wondering when he was going to chime in on that. Um, <laughs> and then I've heard rumors you know, so so take this with a grain of salt, nothing confirmed yet, but I keep hearing rumblings about us maybe finally getting to see Star Wars detours on Disney Plus. You know, obviously that was like the, the 3D animated kind of sketch comedy show 
that like Seth Green and and the guys from Robot Chicken were working on back in the day and that kind of just got shelved when Disney took over Lucasfilm because it just wasn't really part of their plans for like the content that they wanted to release for Star Wars but they already had completed like 50 something episodes I think um and so th that's one of those things that's just kind of been sitting on the back burner for years and people were wondering, you know, if we were ever going to get to see it. And now with Disney Plus, you know, it started with just, you know, hearing fans talking about like, hey, this would be a great place to find a release Star Wars detours. And then I think it was towards the end of last year, there was an episode that actually leaked online um, and you could yeah. watch the whole thing in its entirety. Um or at least part of it, because I forget how long these episodes are, but I like because I watched that one and it was maybe like 10 minutes or something. You know, it's not even as long Somewhere as like a, yeah. a full animated episode, but enough that it was more than just like a leaked scene or, or just piece of footage or something. It was a pretty big chunk. Um, I will never watch Star Wars detours. Really? Not even that is curiosity no. for what <laughs> it no. would have been during that time. Interesting. Nope. Nope, there's. I have zero interest in it. The little I've seen, nah, even the, even coming from George Lucas himself. You know, I love George immensely, but this is something that I just it just this is not my thing. I mean, to be fair, the holiday special was George's idea too, so it's not like <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. he does is a home run. But I mean, but look, yeah, look, I think you at least gotta check it out. If yeah, coming. yeah. Star no, Wars I, coming from Lucas, I think you at least gotta check it out. I'm definitely gonna check it out. I mean, I thought the uh, that first episode that leaked, I thought it was entertaining, and I I saw some mixed reactions. I saw some people thinking it was hilarious, and some people being like, "Man, that was garbage," and I'm glad they never released it. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely going to give it a shot and at least watch a few episodes if it ever does see the light of day. And like I said, there's, you know, nothing confirmed or anything like that. But I keep hearing uh, rumblings. And like I said, first it was just like fans wanting to see it. And then it was that episode leaking, which very well could have been intentional and maybe just a way to kind of gauge the reaction online and see if this was something that people were still interested in. Um, but now I've kind of heard from like the people online that have like the insider scoops and stuff that they're like you know i keep hearing mentions of this from my sources and you know nothing confirmed yet but just the fact that people keep talking about it makes me think that you know this is something that might happen so um yeah just a, a possibility always in motion is the future but we'll see <laughs> i'm good i'm good with that not having that future <laughs> um but yeah, so aside from that, like I said, we've we've got Clone Wars, we've got the Ewok movies, um, all this stuff in HD like we were hoping for. Um, and the Ewok movies look surprisingly good. Like I was not expecting great. <laughs> uh, any sort of good HD quality from those. But I don't know if they found some good like archival footage or they just did a good job upscaling it or sharpening it or whatever. But that actually looked pretty good. Clone Wars, I mean, to me, looks kind of the same. I was a little disappointed that it didn't just, uh, you know, didn't really wow me with the the visual upgrade. But and that was just from like I watched a little bit of um, season one of the micro series when this came out um, after we did our last commentary. But I haven't watched any season two yet. So we'll see how this looks. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you texted that to us when they came out saying I was a little disappointed with Clone Wars. I was like, oh, man, really? Like, well, we'll see how it looks <laughs> when I open it up and pop and start it. And then I saw what you meant right away where it definitely looks better than the DVD, but it, it just doesn't pop on the screen. Like I was hoping it would and thinking how great this animation is. And once it had an HD upgrade, it would just really pop on the screen. It just didn't have that feel. So probably it is the best version officially out there right now, but I was hoping it for it to look a little better. 
but was not expecting the Ewok movies to be in HD. And boy, did that surpass my expectations. Like you said, it was like phenomenal. <laughs> like I was not expecting it to look that good. So um, one disappointment, but one very nice surprise too with these HD upgrades coming in the vintage collection, which I did like how they labeled this Star Wars vintage. And it has a very cool logo and background, kind of like the classic cards for the Star Wars vintage series action figures. It was just a really mm -hmm. nice looking section we were talking about in our last episode if they would have a category for star wars legends or something like that but i do actually like that it is called vintage because this is exactly what a lot of these series are just vintage star wars <laughs> at, yeah. during this time so it's a very nice clever way i think for labeling these series that aren't in the official canon anymore yeah and like you said like a nice kind of synergy with the action figure packaging too it just makes it all yeah. feel kind of like brand coherent um but yeah, so um, all this stuff is out there now. Check it out if you haven't yet. And uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into season two of the Clone Wars micro series, shall we? Yes. All right. So like I said, we're watching the Disney Plus version on here. Uh, we've got it all queued up and paused at zero. Um, so, you know, for those of you that have Disney Plus and either haven't seen this before or have and want to revisit it, hope you'll uh, watch along with us and enjoy the commentary. But as always, we're going to go on Punch It. So let's do it in three, two, one, Punch It. Here we go. Now, I remember I remember to turn on my subtitles this time. <laughs> hey, man, talk about one of the best star wars openings you're gonna see i mean this is the first shot a clone trooper helmet with the reflection of other clone troopers in the visor and then you just see him gearing up and knowing how last season ended on that cliffhanger with grievous and Kiati monday and you just automatically knew what these clones were about to do mm -hmm. and their mission it was just oh man i would just immediately just at the edge of my seat when the season started i will actually say it looks like just from these few opening shots, season two might look better than season one. I, I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> and that this could, I mean, really good. that could just be a change in the animation quality from season one to season two. But uh, like this version of the HD here on Disney Plus, this looks fantastic. Yeah, right. it's popping a little more like I was expecting it to be. So, yeah, it's funny because when you said that, this is the first thing I noticed. I'm like, man, this looks really, really vibrant. <laughs> I, I, the little bit that I saw last time, I just watched a little bit. I was like, eh, not really feeling it. But yeah, this looks really good. Mm -hmm. Excellent. We're in for a great ride this next hour. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, Tim, this is just such a cool opening here with this gunship flying in. I love the, uh, you know, just the arc trooper gunship with the shark de decal on it and everything. Um, uh, you mean Rancor? Oh, is it a Rancor? Yeah, dude. I always assumed it was a shark-looking thing. How are you supposed to tell that's a Rancor? It's, a, it's obviously a Rancor. It's eyes and teeth. Every kind of big monster-type yeah. creature has that. That's fair, but I did read somewhere that it was a Rancor. I'm, pr I'm yeah. very, very positive. I mean, that, that would make sense with it being Star Wars, but... Um, but if you look at it, actually, like... It looks like it has a rancor mouth and everything. Again, because I'm sorry, Paul, go ahead. No, I, I was it. I was it. Okay. I was going to say kind of what we're talking about on the first volume, seeing the clone troopers in action in that one episode. Again, just this 
sequence seeing him here just reaffirmed that this man how cool they are mm-hmm. <laughs> just coming off of, in between episodes two and three and not seeing very much of them yet but just savoring <laughs> every moment they were in in this series i love oh, this the pause awesome. yeah <laughs> love when they just kind of stare and then they start fighting I, I i've always liked that it doesn't make sense but and, and and now are these weapons the first time we saw like the clones use these kind of weapons like like the machine gun kind of uh, blasters? Some of them, oh yeah, like the 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 Z six rotary cannon. Yeah, maybe. I think I it think is. so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, I don't know if they there might have been some of those in the comics too. I know specifically like that the <laughs> main awesome. kind of like arc trooper blaster that they all use. Um, that's in the comics too. Oh my gosh, yeah, that shot of the gunship just hovering in front of Grievous uh, is so yeah. freaking cool. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is way better than the last one. I mean, again, it's just such a perfect way to pick up where that finale yeah. left in the last season because mm-hmm. that was great and it just picks up immediately right where i left off yeah see this this is very much like the serial serialized kind of start like science fiction fantasy stuff that george i think was always kind of going for and not from a th- from filmatic standpoint but just from a pure serialized uh idea that he grew up on and it feels very much in that vein and that's why i always say like comic books and and i think like this kind of stuff kind of flows better than like a novel would not say novels can't work for star wars but i just think it fits those mediums fit star wars better in my opinion because of that idea of like you have short little episodes so you have to cram a lot into one little thing and that's what george kind of grew up on and that's why i think this feels this energy just feels star wars to me Mm -hmm. yeah and like you were saying tim just such a cool like reintroduction to the clone troopers but the arc troopers in particular showing all that heavy weaponry showing their tactics but showing where the last season left off with grievous like wiping out five jedi all at once and showing how formidable he is and then the clones immediately come in and they you know i mean they don't kill him or anything but they kind of put him in his place um and so it's like man the you know, Grievous can take out a bunch of Jedi, but then, but then the clones can uh, can get him. That's pretty good. How rad is this? Yeah, now, honestly, I completely forgot about this. Oh, I love this. I this kind of bump. I I I love this so much, and it bummed me out that we never got more of this in the canon. Like I think where you know Anakin's looking at the, the tree on Dagobah, which yeah, I mean this Kylo is, Ren destroys. This is like Mortis kind of stuff. I know. That's why I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, in the canon, we get some more of this kind of stuff, like, thematically. It's not like a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he? Uh, you're, now it, that you in, mentioned in, it. In your, in your own words, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> I remember it was also another big deal for this season that the episodes were going to be a bit longer than, the, like, the two to three minutes that they were in the first two seasons. And just thinking... Man, we're just getting that step one step closer to like a full blown twenty minute series of Star Wars. We're almost there, but yeah. this was um, great to get these extended episodes during this we time. We only too. knew, right, guys? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is this guy? Opal Rancisis. I always forget his name. Yeah, he's in um, he's in the the Filoni Clone Wars too. Well, yeah, I know. He's all isn't he also in the High Republic? Yeah, now? he is. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. See, I forgot about this scene here too. And it's been a while since I've seen oh. a lot of this stuff too in second in the second volume, but 
just this whole conversation between the Jedi Council too. I forgot about about it, but still some pretty cool stuff in their discussions, like still about Anakin and kind of should we kind of unleash the chosen one, so to speak. And Mace Windu, of course, ain't having that kind of talk. <laughs> yeah. I also love when uh what's his name? Oh my god, I'm forgetting people's names today. This is really bad. Um uh, Kip Fisto. He says, oh, he is a cunning warrior. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. See, this one I'm going to have a hard time remembering because there's only what? I think there's only five episodes in this volume. Like I said, they were longer. Yeah. Kind of remembering when they end and when the next episode begins. Yeah, that's true. And I, I mean, again, for me, I only saw these on DVD for the first time. And so I've, I'm used to watching them just all cut together like this. But I can't tell you just, man, Star Wars excitement when this air was just at a fever pitch because it was aired in like March 2005. So two months away from Revenge of the Sith. Mm. And we're getting an animated series that's going to lead directly into it. And we already know how great it is from the first two volumes or first two seasons. I mean, my excitement was just beyond containable (laughs) during this moment. This excitement for Revenge of the Sith, excitement for this and how it's going to tie into it. Just... Man, it was just a great time during this period as we were so close to Revenge of the Sith and then getting this animated series right before it. It was just awesome. Yeah. And even this is a cool scene here, just showing him, you know, in the the Coruscant underworld, um, you know, showing all these dangerous looking aliens and he thinks somebody's on his tail and it turns out to just be C-3PO. Yeah. A very sexy C-3PO, if I might add. <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't recognize me because of the gold plating. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was played so well, though. Oh, oh that's right. It's, uh, see, I even forgot how this goes. It's Padme first, not three PO. I thought I thought three yeah. PO was the one that was like following him and leads him to Padme right. or something. Right. This weird glare on the screen. Yeah, I know what you mean. I wonder if it's part of the HD and the lighting that's trying to try yeah. to seep through in the darkened hallway yeah. there. It's weird. Padme just looks like she's like glowing, like she's yeah. like a like an alien. Yeah, I, like well, an I think I, yeah, I think that's just oh, part of the, the lighting of the show. <laughs> Look at Kanan's face. Is it a face? That's another thing, too, that's pretty cool about this. It looks like, well, obviously, there's a pretty big time jump between this and then where the main story of the season picks up. But as we're going to see pretty yeah. soon, it's just a really cool element that I wasn't expecting to see when this first started yeah. of Anakin being knighted. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love 3PO. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I, I just love- remembered that 3PO walking through the crowd in a hood. I love that you make him look like the old droids Nelvana uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost, a, the dialogue was almost the same as the Red R. <laughs> yeah. Joke in the fourth <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, like he's, he's being all shy about it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> There's a sexy thief, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 as he and it gets the message from 
I believe that was Obi Wan. Yeah. <laughs> to return to the, the temple on Coruscant. This is I think this is something we still need to see in the main canon. Him getting and knighted. And be knighted as a Jedi. Yeah. I mean, it's such a pivotal moment for the saga's biggest character that I think that is a story that we should have in the official canon by now. And if they just want to take it exactly like this, I'd be totally fine with that because this is a great moment here. Yeah. Yeah, and just more of the, uh, you know, just kind of showing that bond between Anakin and Obi-Wan that um, some people say the movies kind yeah. of skipped over, which, I, I mean, I think, you know, I, you, you get the context in episode three that they've obviously been through a lot together and gl- and grown closer together, but this is, you know, just kind of helping flesh yeah. that out. Obviously, the Filoni Clone Wars does that even a lot more, um, but yeah. I'm sure for the time period to get this, in, like, while you're actually waiting in between episodes two and three, it was just nice to see their bond continue to, to develop. And you see that a lot more later during the season, too. And then this is so cool here. So, like, I remembered him getting knighted, but I forgot about that shot where he walks in and the room is dark and then they all just illuminate I love everyone's face. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's face says it all. Like, it honestly does. I, I love this. this. This is steamed straight from George. This looks incredible. Like, this yeah. mm-hmm. is what needs to happen in, you know, I think the High Republic's kind of done this already. They, they've, they've definitely, I think, emulated this, at least from the comic books that, mm. uh, the, um, that I read the, in the first issue of the United, uh, I forgot her name. It starts with a K. Uh, Kiever? Keys, I believe, or Kreese. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> God, there's just like too many. There's so many characters in the High Republic. I can't but keep up with them all. They've also they also kept that canon in Jedi Fallen Order too. When uh, at the, that's right, at the end yeah, of the game, yeah, when yeah. Seer knights Cal, she does the same thing where she like taps the shoulder and says, "By the right of the Council, by the will of the Force." So that was a really nice touch. That was yeah. another thing I forgot too, where Padme keeps his Padawan brain with the Jabor mm. snippet. And then she gives him R2. Now, this was back where I think the set amount of time as far as how long the Clone Wars lasted wasn't set. This is where I kept hearing three to five years was the time period of the Clone Wars. But I think it's been officially settled on three now, which. Yeah. But I think it could be five. <laughs> With everything that's happened this in the Dave Filoni series and some other tie-in stories, certainly would make sense. Yeah, I think canonically, at least the the main thing that I've always hear is still that it's three. But I've yeah, I've always heard it's three. Always, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, but... I love this guy here, where he's you know yeah. so Wait, disappointed I... that they didn't send a thousand Jedi to try to take his fortress, and it's just Anakin and Obi Wan. <laughs> <laughs> but of course they brought back up and of course you know the first time seeing the venator star destroyers the arc 170s the the episode three jedi starfighters just all the cool new ships and stuff it's a really cool introduction to all this now i will say this right here this montage they're about to go into of anakin doing all this heroic stuff all over the galaxy during the clone wars I always thought like you could just say that this is when everything from the 2008 Clone Wars series happened. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. That's kind of what I I kind of said that too to myself when I first watched this. I'm like, okay, or first watched this, but like 
or went back and rewatched the Clone Wars and and or was watching the Clone Wars and went rewatched this a number of times because I love this. Yeah, I, I I I you could say it's all in that in that time frame. You mm-hmm. could I mean to me you could easily do that. I, I, besides yeah. Asajj Ventress or even Asajj Ventress you could bring back and just say yeah yeah because like I said Ventress came back in the comics and stuff like she didn't die yeah, exactly. when he defeated her on Yavin. Um, yeah, and so yeah, just this this whole montage of Anakin's sort of he's a jedi knight now and just all his heroics during the war and going all over the galaxy it's like obviously there's a lot more to this than just what we're seeing in these three minutes or whatever so um again i I mean obviously like i'm not trying to argue for like oh they're both canon or whatever i'm just saying you could just you know pretend that that all fits in there except like i said now it doesn't work as well because we've got the siege of mandalore and an actual ending to the clone wars um but yeah, I love both. Well, and, I, and even seeing, you know, him getting the scar, like it's cool seeing this kind of transitional stuff and connecting the dots that we don't really see. Yeah. Well, a couple of things with that. I Sorry, real quick, you, though, before you get to that right here, this light going off, I always assumed that was like their very subtle hint that that's when Anakin or when Luke and Leia were conceived. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys is one or first of all, I want to say. Yes, people can, you know, canonicity doesn't really matter, you know, for the most part. I, I get like, you know, so you can you know, love and, and, and put this in your head, canon, quote unquote, you know, so whatever. Right. Like it, it's it's whatever. Don't don't worry about canonicity. But for people like me who I love when things are connecting and have like, you know, they're all they're all interceding in some way. You know, just like I, I love in the comic books that I, I read and everything. It's um, I understand where people like, you know, get bent out of shape a little bit. I understand both set, you know, both sides. But in the end, you don't need to ha- care about that this is canon or not to enjoy it because it is oh, of course very not. much. Yeah, it's very much. I mean, I'm not saying you guys obviously didn't do that. But um, I guess for my, my next thing is, uh, do you guys like I mean, oh, oh my gosh, I was going to ask you guys about this. God darn it. I forgot. Anyway, I will say uh, this isn't my favorite moment of the series of Anakin just chowing down on bugs and <laughs> worms and all that stuff. I do. I like his little jab at Obi-Wan though, where he says, but master, you're the one that told me to feed off the living force. <laughs> a nice joke there, but slurping like a big tapeworm, like it's a spaghetti noodle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little, it's a little cartoony, you know, it makes me think of the lion King, you know, slimy yet satisfying. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I like, Anakin would do that, you know, if he's getting ready for battle and needs a snack and there's, you know, no food around and, you know, you can grab some bugs that are edible. Like if anybody would do that, Anakin would. That is true. And I'll be remiss if I didn't mention we got at least the first time I ever saw Commander Cody in this episode right here before seeing him in Revenge of the Sith. Like I remember reading about it, like certain clone troopers and how they're going to be named and Obi-Wan's going to have one called Cody. And when he came on the screen, it was like, Oh, cool. Like This is someone who I know is going to be in Revenge of the Sith and they're actually naming him here. So it'll be this is one of those instances. There's a few of them in this in this volume where they planted the seeds that you knew you were going to hear or maybe be referenced in Revenge of the Sith when you see the movie. And that was definitely one of them when I saw Commander Cody. Yeah. Another nod to a line of dialogue in A New Hope right there, an alternative to fighting. Mm-hmm. 
and just going back real quick on that montage with Anakin, um, just as cool as it was kind of seeing the progression of the different battles that they were fighting during the war leading up to now, right before we've been to the Sith. It just, I thought a great display of showing why Anakin is the chosen one, just rescuing the other Jedi, Jedi masters when they're in trouble and just kind of having it be as so easy for him to handle. It was just like a great showcase of showing his abilities as a Jedi and why he's the chosen one. Just in these short little snippets here and there, but it was a very effective way of doing that, especially after that conversation the council was having in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Also, I completely forgot that we saw Wookiees in this. And sad to say, more Wookiees that don't look great in animation. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, I was about to say they look better than the ones in Star Wars Rebels, but... Still not the best. <laughs> Why does everyone hate on the Wookiees and Star Wars Rebels? Because they look like wet dogs. <laughs> yeah, they are pretty much dogs. <laughs> yeah, they just it just look very that's where I noticed right away that the budget for Rebels isn't going to be on the same level as Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> those Wookiees designs. I mean, yeah, I mean it it kind of sucks because I think if Rebels were to come out like now with the animation then being able to do like clone wars like animation i mean rebels would be a slam dunk amazing yeah i mean it's amazing now without the quality of animation being as good but holy man can you imagine can you imagine yeah like (laughs) rebels stories with clone wars level animation that would be pretty amazing that would be i almost think that'd be just gigantic because because if you think about it, it's not just the style of animation. It's the fact they can do more with the animation, right? Like they can actually go to more than like just two planets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, speaking I, of amazing, amazing this say, is I, amazing. Sequence. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love this scene here with Grievous being trained in the Jedi arts by Count Dooku. And that was another thing where I saw when I saw Revenge of the Sith for the first time, and Grievous said that I immediately went to the sequence right here. I just like, oh, it's so cool that. We're getting these little moments that happened before the movie and it's all fitting in so nicely. But let's let's be real here. I mean, George Lucas, when he created this, this was supposed to fill in all those gaps and oh, yeah. really feed mm-hmm. us. I mean, like this was this was literally not literally, this was canon. This was yeah. supposed to be, I mean, explaining the crawl from episode three. And it does. It does a, a phenomenal job with it. And that's why I think you can really look at this and say it is canon to an extent because it does explain a lot from from that uh you know, and it, it's weird because, yeah, I always, you know, almost forgetting that, yeah, the ending of the Clone Wars, this is so much different. I just remembered, like, duh, the, the Siege of Mandalore arc. But, yeah, this was supposed to be explaining that whole that whole thing. So, I don't know. It's it's weird to me, like, like you know, for a while this was canon and it's not. It's It just kind of goes to show you that, that really the canonicity and retcons and things like that, this always expected to happen because – even our dear, you know, loved George Lucas did the same things many, many, many a times, much like, not including just his films where he'd go in and retweet things and, and retcon things that way, like Han shooting first or whatever. Right. Uh, no, like this is a great example of the canonicity being altered and changed and him going back and going, actually, it's going to be like this. You know, I mean, he. Mm. I mean, if anyone knows how to retcon anything, it's George Lucas. Let's be real. So he's he's almost like the OG retconner. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it kind of sucks, though, because if you watch the special features, I kind of mentioned this before or did the commentary for the first season, how just everyone on the crew was just so excited how we're doing the opening call to Revenge of the Sith. And 
that's such an honor and so special for us to have that part of Star Wars history and to write and create this part of Star Wars history. And it was just great to see like how much of an honor it was for all the cat or the crew working on it. And even Lucas kind of saying that too, like this is what it's intended to be to get you all ready for Revenge of the Sith. And the fact that he changes it later on, it just, if you were work, someone who was working on that and was, was so excited about that, I'm sure you can't help but feel a little, I don't know, a little hurt or <laughs> that things turned out that way, that this isn't the official canon, but still anyone who worked on the series should be still remain very proud of what they did. Cause this is, as we're talking about such great star Wars stuff we're getting here. Yeah, definitely. But I also think like, even though the story as a whole isn't canon, there are definitely elements that you can take as canon because they haven't been easily over, yeah. we, because they haven't been overwritten yet. For example, we know Anakin and Obi-Wan were not on Nelvon when they got called back to Coruscant because they were heading to Mandalore and, you know, everything that we saw in the Siege of Mandalore. But the Battle of Coruscant and Grievous kidnapping the Chancellor, you could easily say that this is still the canon version of that story because we haven't seen anything else that contradicts it. Um, yep. Well, that's how and, I view it right they, now. <laughs> yeah, they even mentioned Shakti being sent to protect the Chancellor and, and mm -hmm. losing contact with her. And so, I mean, and that was something that was also in the novel uh, Labyrinth of Evil, which was also a direct tie-in to um to revenge of the sith and even that i don't think quite lined up with nope this show because that also had anakin and obi-wan and they were off on like cato nemoidia um and i think that also tied in directly with it doesn't doesn't count <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um <laughs> sorry so so like you said not everything lined up and there's you know it's all fictional like there's different versions of the story and and what we hold is true depends on our own point of view so um but yeah, I mean, I think like obviously the the Filoni Clone Wars is number one in my mind in terms of like canon version of the story. But any gaps that like that show doesn't fill in, like the battle on Coruscant or like uh, Anakin becoming a Jedi Knight or even, you know, stuff that happened in the very early days of the war and, you know, potentially like the Battle of Munilinst or Anakin battling Asajj on Yavin 4. Like I still imagine that that stuff happened during the Clone Wars. Funny so, you mentioned Labyrinth of Evil because that was kind of like my first time as far as noticing major contradictions between content coming out at the same time <laughs> that's supposed to be telling stories leading up to Revenge of the Sith. Because especially in the Battle of Coruscant, as we'll get to when this episode moves along a bit, I just remember reading Labyrinth of Evil going, hmm, this isn't matching up to what was in the Clone Wars animated series. Which one is the real version here? <laughs> left Was left kind of puzzled after that, but... Uh, but just those things were funny remembering those times back in 2005, like I said, leading up to Revenge of the Sith and just consuming all that content leading up to it. But having those contradictions didn't lessen any of the fun as I remember right consuming here. that. I got, I got, first of all, I got to say, I had to say this first. This yeah. was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> this, oh, God, it, that was such a great shot. That's the one thing about, I think, this series. It had a, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Dave Filoni was cinematic throughout this whole series, but I almost think this series specifically did a great job of doing things cinematically that just, it's just, it is one of a kind. It is very unique to itself and, and very, very impressive to how they they were able to kind of capture a cinematic feel um, in animation. It's 2D, this, 2D animation. This shot of Mace Windu just marching down the ship with all the <laughs> ARC-170s taken off behind him looks so freaking cool. 
Yeah, that's rad. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you guys, and I remember what I, I finally remember what I was going to ask you earlier was I love how he's got purple ship. It's so mm-hmm. awesome. Um, anyway, uh, my question is to you is what do you guys want to see uh, a canon a canon story about him getting his scar and can get in his scar? I would like to see it. Same. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to, but at this point, I feel like it's not something that, to me that's important enough to like go back and tell a story in the Clone Wars just about that. You know, like, and and now that we've had seven seasons of Clone Wars and it's over, like, I doubt that we're going to get that story anytime soon unless it's maybe like a one-off comic or something. And like, exactly. I'm, like I'm okay Why with not? that. Like, I, and, and certainly like if we did get it, I think it would be cool. But I also like, I'm not expecting to get a story just about that. If we got, even, heck, even if like we're all speculating, if we got like a flashback to the Clone Wars and the Kenobi series or something, but like if there's some kind of Clone Wars story that has like an important, like compelling story to go back and tell and Anakin just happens to get his scar as part of that, I'd be like, okay, cool. Awesome. Um, but like, obviously, they're not going to go and make a, a comic or an episode or something just devoted to that because, like, it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. No, but never underestimate <clears throat> the power of of pitching a story that has a part of it, and um, and going back and, and telling a story on. And, and I don't think it's gonna be like an animated series or anything like that, or you know, an animated show or whatever. But I do think it's possible to have it in, uh, like you said, a comic book or a book, and, and maybe we'll never, we never will. I, I know in the books, it's like it's kind of, in, isn't it ambiguous how he gets his scar too? There was a comic that actually showed how he got the scar. It was mm-hmm. in a, a fight with the Saw's Ventures. Yeah, yeah. So okay, see, yeah, I remember. I thought it was in a book, but I guess it is a comic. Book. It okay. might have been there. I think there actually was a book too where they mentioned. That he had gotten the scar fighting Ventress. In fact, that might, mm. you know what? I think that's in the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Oh, um, okay. I, I could be wrong because it's, it's been a long time since I've read that. But yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think because again, that book came out after all this Clone Wars stuff. And I think there was a brief mention in there of like a scar that he had gotten fighting Asajj Ventress during the Clone Wars. Um, there is, there's some mention of her in that book. But anyway, so yeah, there, there's, I think there's some book that mentions it like in the past tense, but there is also a comic that shows it. But it's one of the older like Dark Horse ones that's not canon anymore. Right. And and, and that's the thing what I'm saying, I, I, especially with Star Wars Adventures, you're, you know, I, they could do some kind of anthology, you know, and I don't, I don't think it'd be right for Star Wars Adventures necessarily, but something like that, like Marvel doing their own like anthology thing where it can do more of like a little more darker ser- more serious stories less focused you know and all like more of an all, less less all ages maybe a little bit uh or just a little bit more um you know serious i would say i hate saying that out of those books some of those books are really good some are not so good but uh but uh in those comics anyway but it'd be cool to get some kind of marvel anthology series a little bit less i know what it is it's less cartoony how about that yeah. i like a little less cartoony uh series not not necessarily less all ages but just less cartoony and i would love to see like an anthology series that maybe you could tell that story how he got that scar so that'd be cool by the way have i mentioned how much i love arc 170 starfighters <laughs> and this is not, pretty yeah. much the only time that we ever actually get to see the uh the tail gunners 
um, yeah, actually doing something. Man, Mace Windu just outdid himself in what his first appearance in the yeah. series. Yeah, it's like, oh, you thought him punching battle droids was cool? Yeah. <laughs> I just remember seeing that was the first time. Like, wow, like they're just doing things I never thought I'd see in Star Wars mm-hmm. in this series. And it's just so freaking awesome. Uh, that's cool. It's kind of like the opposite shot of the beginning of Revenge of the Sith where you're panning down into the battle, but yet Sessi Tin and his troops are just, you see him panning up and into the battle. That was a cool perspective. I didn't remember this, but it looked awesome. And as I'm watching this right now, the Battle of Coruscant, it's amazing already, but there's still more awesome stuff to come. I don't know. I'm just kind of surprised that we haven't gotten an in-canon version of that battle yet. And it always just makes me wonder, this is pretty perfect. Like, is, Do we yeah. even want to go back and touch it? Let's just have this kind of be <laughs> the one that's in everyone's mind if they want to see the battle. Because it doesn't get much more bigger or epic than this. If you want a culmination of the end of the Clone Wars... This is the battle right here on Coruscant and then what we see out in space in this and as well as in Revenge of the Sith at the beginning, too. It's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I was saying, like the fact that they kind of make subtle nods to this in season seven of the Clone Wars just kind of leaves room for like, you know, this can be your interpretation of it. So. Uh, Sessie Tim's helmet there is awesome, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I agree. I think even though this might be, you know, it might be a little over the top or over stylized or whatever, I think still just like the story and the scope of the battle and everything, it's like this would be hard to top if you tried to like retell a different version of this story. No, oh, yeah, totally. And again, see, as I'm thinking, as I'm watching this right now, I'm just thinking about the in canon ending of the Clone Wars with the Siege of Mandalore, but how it focused on Ahsoka and what was going on on Mandalore there. But yet thinking how all that could still be going on, what we're seeing on Coruscant here in those episodes too. Like you said, Kyle, it's just nothing so far as contradict anything that's happened on Coruscant there, except little hints to kind of confirm it more than anything. So Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, right now, it, I mean, obviously they're here on Nelvon, but like, in the canon, you can see all this stuff is going on on Coruscant. And meanwhile, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are on their way to Mandalore. And Obi-Wan and Anakin are about to get the distress call that Palpatine's been kidnapped. So, yeah, th- I know- you do have a more hard time fitting this into it. But like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, this kind of gets chucked out the window. So, obviously, Nelvon is a play on Nelvana, the uh, animated studio that did Ewoks and Droids. I know for those who might already know, maybe they don't know that is an actual, uh, you know, direct observation. In fact, I think those uh, aliens are, are based off of the the logo, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because the bear has oh, a logo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I yeah. didn't. I didn't even know that was the name of the studio. That's because you are a child still, and we are <laughs> old men. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, now Yoda's showing how awesome his is. Awesome. <laughs> uh, again, you just—it's so ridiculous. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. now, this is like the Mace Windu stuff from the last one, where it's like, okay, this is a bit over the top, but you know what? It's cool. Yeah. It's Yoda. We'll we'll roll with it. I was gonna say, well, we just coming off 
the high of seeing Yoda fight for the first time in Attack of the Clones. And then this is kind of the next big moment we see of him in action. We got a little bit in the first season, but not on this scale. And again, this is one of my moments. I was just losing my mind. Like, oh, man, like, can we expect to see some of this type of stuff in episode three? <laughs> but um, obviously Yoda didn't go show that but to display a power like he did right there, but still didn't disappoint when we did see him in action in episode three. Yeah, it's like if the Jedi could actually do that stuff in the movies, like there would be no way they'd lose any of the battles in the Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Clone Wars would have been over pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, when when Yoda can lift like 500 droidicas up in the air simultaneously. Now, what are you guys' overall thoughts on this whole subplot here with Anakin and Obi-Wan and particular Anakin going on this journey here on Nelvon because I don't hate it or dislike it or anything, but maybe just because the stuff on Coruscant is just so great <laughs> and yeah, amazing to see that I always feel this kind of slows it down a bit, but at the mm. same time too, I know that's kind of what it's supposed to do. So it's just not all nonstop action and kind of build up to what we're going to see Anakin go through here and, the events that lead up even to Revenge of the Sith, the, the connections there too. So I know it's purpose of it, but to me, it, it's just not necessarily my favorite aspect of the Clone Wars micro series, this whole subplot here on Nelvon. It's funny you say that because I I agree with you. And I and this is my favorite one of the series, but it's not bad, but it definitely slows it down. And then and obviously that's the, the purpose, like you said, but I also feel that was a, a criticism of the last series. Or the, or the last episode that it was just too much like candy and not enough substance and i'll never forget um i was talking to uh, a good friend of mine who loves star wars but he's not he's not really into the clone wars the original series but he loves this and i said like and how i compared it was this is all just candy like pure pure candy and not necessarily bad but you know when you're doing a long form series you can't just do the stuff all the time you got to have substance and he goes, well, that's why I like. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to have some story yeah. to go along with your Mace Windu punching super battle droids again. Right. And, that, and, that's and the then thing, this though, part where they literally just push waves of them back like they're paper balls or something. Right, right. Well, and, that, and that's the thing, though. I think that they, they learn because I think with the fact they're able to slow it down, it makes it more impactful for this stuff right here. So mm -hmm. that's where I think they kind of learned. Um, they being the, the team that made this uh, Jindy series, the uh, Jindy's people got Hammerhead Jedi. <laughs> that's my <laughs> your microphone could even contain your excitement yeah <laughs> yeah um but no i like i agree i think the the stuff on nelvon is not necessarily my favorite part of the story but i think it's an important sort of counterbalance to yeah. you got all the action-packed stuff going on here and then that's obviously like a more story-centric and more like kind of spiritual journey and that side of things um and obviously, I mean, I think this whole thing is short enough and paced well enough that it doesn't really take away from it because it's not like you're there for long stretches of time yeah. and like waiting to get back to the good stuff. Um, so I, I think it's paced well cutting back and forth between the two. But obviously, I think the the journey that Anakin goes on is important. And again, it's really like Obi-Wan just said, it's acting as kind of a substitute for his formal Jedi trials. He's been through all the trials of war and proved his skill and everything, but now he's kind of having to uh, face himself and his inner demons, and, and it's like a test of his spirit. 
um, in a way that hasn't really been tested before. And of course, it's cool to see his, uh, you know, the foreshadowing of him becoming Vader. Um, and again, a very much like sort of an uh, early precursor to the type of stuff that we see on Mortis um, and even like the Yoda yeah. episodes in uh, yeah. the newer Clone Wars series. I I love uh, how uh, she right here is just like, just I don't know. I love I love how he acts. It's so yeah. Perfect, you know? <laughs> the way he talks to Grievous, especially at the end when we get there, it's just awesome. I he's not he's not scary. He's not intimidated. But oh god! But it's not like it's not because he's overconfident. It's uh, it's just weird. I love the, it's played perfectly. I also yeah. love the hammerhead here, where he's just like he starts pressing the elevator button. <laughs> yeah. like we oh all yeah! Do. <laughs> what, what, he's like it's, I love the oh god! This is so good. Oh. And- before we get too further away from it, I cannot talk about probably my favorite <laughs> shot or se- small sequence of this volume <laughs> of the clone trooper just going all out on the droids when he was out of ammo and before Yoda comes in with the cavalry to save oh, the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, Fordo. I just love where he throws a blaster at him, picks up another one, starts shooting him. I just lost my mind. <laughs> I was a big clone trooper fan seeing that for the first time, and I still love seeing it to this day. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But oh man, this is cool too. <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine's face. <laughs> His face looks like it's just falling off. <laughs> the the fact the fact that Ithorian, what he can do, like it's just so freaking awesome. Well, that's something I would love to see in live action one day too. Mm. <laughs> An authority yeah. unleashing that power. Oh, I love this. Oh my hey, god. Yeah. I laughed out loud. <laughs> I know. Every time I see this. And then this guy, what the heck is he doing firing a rocket launcher inside an enclosed little elevator? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he uses a clone not in the birthing tube for too much for too long. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the fact that there's a Muftak, Muftak, whatever his name is, uh, the Talls. Oh, yeah, Muftak yeah, yeah. was the, yeah, that was his name in the, in the yeah. In the hope, oh, the speaking Talls, of which, uh, I, I was going to say that too. The stuff on Nelvon kind of reminds me of the episode with the Talls in uh, season one of the Clone Wars. On, um, I forget what the name of the planet is, but you know, the episode with the, the Pantorans. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, Ithorian. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we do it. Grievous getting down. Yeah. Low, Grievous getting down low in his raptor pose. <laughs> See, like, like seriously, if we, in the next uh, when when they eventually do some like you know uh, live action Jedi movie where it's like a bunch of Jedi all out, whatever, if they don't have an Ithorian Jedi doing that, like it's this just, just give up now. Come on. Just, come on. <laughs> Like no need to create any new special like species for a new story. Just yeah, get an authority. Yeah, just, <laughs> let's just elaborate on the amazing aliens we already have. Come on, let's just get let's let's let's, let's use them. All right, let's use them. I wonder if uh, oh no, you know I was gonna say um, <laughs> that creature Anakin's riding on looks like. Um, Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender and then I realized that show came out after this one did. Yeah. Because this was 2005. So I'm not sure when Avatar started. Airing, Avatar but... started in 2005. Okay.
And I love the um, just the way this is depicted here. Like obviously in a minute when when all these things are about to start moving and kind of animating and playing out this story. Um, and just the way that Anakin sees his own story and his own future play out through these like animated 2D cave paintings. Kind of reminds yeah. me of, um, I mean, I know it's it's a different style, but I, I like when they do that too in Rebels in the, uh, when Ezra goes into like the temple that has the world between worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a cool sequence. I, I obviously I remember the end of the sequence with Darth the image of Darth Vader forming, but I kind of forgot about this. There was a little more to it to that than telling the story with Novon warriors here and then fighting back this darkness that's coming there. Yeah, I forgot like, how long. Like this was an actual long sequence. Anyway, kind of more of a like some symbolic type of telling of this instead of. Like, like you were mentioning before, kind of little early vibes to Mortis, the vision Anakin has there, but this one not so clear cut as to what Anakin's seen in his vision on Mortis here. But even just the environment, kind of the Obi Wan even described this as a trial, like walking into the fire. There's see it, there's like steam coming out when Anakin entered this cave here. There's the lighting in it as the covering of fire and flames. Not quite as literal in the volcano like on Mortis, but. Still has that vibe, and there it is, mm-hmm. all coming into that shape of Vader. Yeah, that was a really well done little sequence there. I kind of forgot about how well done that was. Yeah, that is really cool because it's you know again it's one of those things where it's not necessarily like from the beginning you're not watching this going oh this is Anakin like it almost just looks like it's like a, a telling of like an old um, like a Nelvon myth or something like that and then you realize mm-hmm. like oh this is anakin that they're showing here as he like loses the arm and then starts like you know getting more powerful and taking out the people he's supposed to be protecting this is such a fun little chase sequence here and this was the part like i don't remember the details exactly in the labyrinth of the evil novel but i do remember there was a moment with like the train cars that they go on in that it wasn't either it either wasn't shock T or they didn't have Palpatine. Yeah, there is something that made me realize that this was the big contradiction between what happened in that novel and this series. Oh, it was okay. mainly this part right here. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, would love time. to I would love to go back and read all that stuff again at some point. Yeah. No, uh, first time seeing yeah. the Grievous' bodyguards in action, too. Mm-hmm. How about seeing a freaking Athorian in action, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how the whole time the towels is just carrying Palpatine like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which I want to say right now, it, it was uh, Jendi, you know, then again, back in the day, expresses a uh, bummed outness that, uh, that the hammerhead didn't get the win the contest for you know what 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 aliens gonna be a, a Jedi, and then he ended up putting it in this volume anyway. Like we're gonna put <laughs> this guy in here. <laughs> I love that. Fans aren't telling me how to do it this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't care what fans say. We're getting an Thorian Jedi, and I'm like, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, you got to think of also appreciate the humility Palpatine showing here. He's a Sith Lord, a Sith Master. Rule of the galaxy is about this plants about to come to fruition, and yet he's allowing himself, as you said, Kyle, to be held like a baby, right? Here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <protected. laughs> 
and he has yet, to do it I mean, for the greater purpose. That shows really just, you know, again, that's just part of how cunning he is. Like, he doesn't break character for a second, even when his life is, you know, seemingly in danger. Yeah, they're seeing this action on Coruscant, how I was talking about earlier, just how perfect it was. But it does make you think, too, how cool it would be to see kind of like a really big battle in live action on Coruscant, too, as something we haven't seen Yeah, in Star Wars. And knowing what a main focus the planet Coruscant is and just how much goes on there, how much we spend time there as well. To not see a big battle in live action yet on there is something that you could probably put on the bucket list of some I would still like to see one day. Yeah, Whether it's in the High Republic, later on, somewhere down the line. The High Republic, the Old Republic. Or <laughs> maybe this goes out like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caught the villain monologuing again. <laughs> <laughs> so quick. <laughs> and they all jump some really far distances in this show. They make it look so easy. <laughs> and then they make it look so fun too. <laughs> I do like this element too. And I, I honestly kind of forgot about this part of the story where, um, you know, Anakin goes on that trial and, you know, thinks he's just on this sort of journey of self-discovery or whatever, but then actually does end up um, finding like an actual threat that he needs to take out. Mm -hmm. And a purpose to going to, to save the Nova warriors who've been captured and everyone thought was missing for so long. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then I forget you see them doing these, like, grievous cyborg-type experiments on them. Here's one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, see, all this stuff I completely forgot about. Yeah, this is like the main stuff I do remember from this entire sequence. Of like a lot of the stuff leading up to it was. I I this is the one aspect of of this I I didn't like uh, is this whole like mad scientist thing. Wasn't a huge fan of this aspect. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Very much in line with the techno union, though. This is not uh, not all that dissimilar from what we see them doing to Echo in uh, the Bad Batch episodes. That's very true. Yeah, this is like, I, mean, I hate to say it, but it's like one of the points when I'm watching this thinking, yeah, I mean, it's cool seeing Attica there, but it's like, can we go back to Coruscant? <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> 
And here we are. Yeah, because every moment you're on Coruscant in this battle is just mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a cool line, too. The Jedi have the left, and it's just Mace Windu and Yoda doing their thing. <laughs> like, no need to worry there. <laughs> again, I do like that Steve that Yoda is on for battle. Don't recall the name of what that species of creature is, though. But. I think it's a Kaibuck. I don't know why I remember that, but... <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it's just cool seeing Yoda and Mace Windu together <laughs> in a battle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they but, realize, oh, maybe yeah, these so guys showed up to slow. try to get the Chancellor. <laughs> <laughs> still a little too slow to figure out realize what's going on <laughs> I mean they did already have Jedi going to protect him it's not like nobody thought of the Chancellor and all this yeah but <laughs> I guess the amount of surprise they had on their face was a little <laughs> I guess yeah. surprising to see that they were that surprised <laughs> Crazy when you think about too. Every, I know a lot of stuff is the deleted scenes, but when George had planned for shock teeth during this whole ordeal in <laughs> the Battle of Coruscant, mm-hmm. made her going up the stand, taking a stand right here against Grievous and the bodyguards, and then, but uh, uh, George eventually had the story idea for being captured by Grievous and being killed by Grievous when Anakin and Obi Wan board the Invisible Hand, and then later changing it to where Anakin kills her in the Jedi Temple. The later in the Force and Lease, being that she survived. Yep, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's so. got like three or four different versions of her death. And watch her end up still being alive in canon in like Jedi Fallen Order 2 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there is really not yet a canon version of if she did die during the Jedi purge or if she did survive, because all we have to go on, it's going to happen. See, and that's the thing. I I do think there's going to be some kind of, uh, shock T reveal where they'll kind of, at least I think it'd be cool if they did some kind of combination thing where they kind of combined all the different like endings that she had and somehow made it like be a, you know, a story like I could see this being a, honestly a five page uh, miniseries or five page five uh, comic book miniseries. She goes into the world between worlds and dies all of those deaths at once. Dude, <laughs> what, if she, what if she ends up being the, and honestly, what if she was like in the world between worlds? Like that's like her ultimate death. And like because she got stuck in some weird time loop. I can yeah, do you, you we to some crazy that. territory there. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> highly Dude, doubt we're going to see something like that. tomorrow. So amazing. Is that supposed to be a kyber crystal? Uh, I, I never thought so. It could I mean, be. I mean, I never really thought that until just now. 
It wasn't glowing green though. <laughs> they don't grow green though. They're, they're usually they, all of them are green though. And, well, they're, they're, that's like, true. Blue, I'm thinking I, for some yeah. reason I'm just focusing on like the Rebels episodes. I know those. Oh really, yeah, yeah. Green. No, I'm, I'm not thinking Death Star ones. I'm just thinking like lightsabers or whatever. Yeah, lightsaber ones are always been blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez, Tim. Give me your Star Wars cred card right now. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll leave the podcast. <laughs> Bye, guys. Right. Good, good riddance. Get out of here. Shock T is awesome in this yeah. series. It's <laughs> going all out here without a lightsaber. She's fighting them better with one of their own staffs than she was with her own lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. I mean, out of all of the attempts to show Shock T's death in, in Revenge of the Sith, whether it's Anakin or by Grievous, it would have been, I think, more of a meaningful and impactful death if she just died defending Palpatine right here in this battle, just going all out fighting until her last breath, until she was just overwhelmed either by the droids or Grievous. True. Would have been a better way, I think, for her as a Jedi to go out than just being stabbed in the back twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I for I completely forgot too that this is how um you know Anakin loses like the more kind of C3PO looking hand he has in episode two and then gets the one he has in episode three. Yeah, that's what I totally forgot about I just, as well. I just realized I didn't I honestly never put two and two together. Yeah, I totally forgot about all that. Yeah, I forgot he loses his arm right there. But yeah, because that one that he gets in in episode two is more kind of like skeletal looking and like just gold. And then the one in episode three is a bit more solid and has like the black plating on it, too. Mm -hmm. Well, I do remember him just as I kind of see just going all out (laughs) using the force here to take down Mm -hmm. Techno Union or even using his severed robotic hand here yeah it's like i don't even need a hand to throw you guys around i know just like proving his point that he is the most powerful jedi he could easily be using the arm and hand he still has but he's deciding not to yeah but i think that's also kind of symbolic of like that's the part of him where he's like losing himself Mm -hmm. and the part that you know obi-wan eventually will say he's more machine than man yeah. And proving to be a nice inspiration to the Nelvon warriors here. Yeah. <laughs> to remove their robotic limbs that they've been implanted with. And I remember when I saw this for the first time, they're chanting. I could have sworn they were saying Lord Vader or something that sounded like Lord Vader. Hmm. <laughs> it wasn't, but that was the first thing I thought of when I heard that chant. They're just little bits of pieces that sounded like they were saying Lord Vader. It just made me think, oh, is this going to tie into somehow him taking on the name Vader (laughs) in Revenge of the Sith? Are we going to see that? Yeah, somehow Palpatine would have known about that because Palpatine always knows. 
<laughs> that is still another question we don't have the answer for. Why Vader? Why did he choose that name for Anakin? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that we've ever been given a an like canon explanation as to like if specific Sith have like specific meanings behind their names. I mean, obviously all of them are kind of taken from roots of words that are like evil or sinister or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if there was a, uh, a particular reason why he chose Vader for Anakin, or if he's just like, this sounds like a good Sith name that nobody's <laughs> used yet. It almost sounds well, like, isn't like Vader, Vader in German is father. Yeah. 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 Well, that's why George Lucas picked it, but it also just, you know, it sounds like invader. It almost seems like the way Palpatine says it in Revenge of the Sith is like, he's been wanting to use this name for so long, but he's not going to give that away. So it's going to make it look like he was thinking of what to call Anakin, <laughs> but yet all along, that's what he was going to call him. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like in, in his head, he's like, Oh, here it comes! Here it comes! I can finally use it. Yeah. Yes. In real life, he's like, <laughs> No, he's he's just he's just savoring the moment. He's been waiting so long That's to say. Saying. He's been waiting so uh, long. Yeah. He's been waiting so long to say it that he's like, Doff. <sighs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. It's oh, it's almost as good as a, as a, as my the princess have a film. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we heard that one. Got <laughs> got got to get out of mothballs once in a while. See, this is where I don't believe this is this, this is actually canon because there's no way that a, uh Ithorian's going to lose to Grievous. It's impossible. <laughs> now, when you got four arms to fight against with doesn't look, matter. Look, it's Paul, it's also a- it's also canon that all the Y wings got shot down at the Battle of Yavin. You're just gonna have to no, live with it. No, it's not. It's not. There's still one left. Oh well, yeah, there's one left. There's, one left. Yeah, there's only two. Eight, there's only two X wings left. That's true. It was, an, it was an it was an it was an X wing that destroyed the Death Star. How's that for you? No, no, it was Luke Skywalker who destroyed the Death Star in an X wing. In an X wing, he would have. You know what? Why wings? He could have done it in a Y wing too. The Y wings are bigger targets. Vader would have shot him down easier. Uh, yeah, oh, I see how it is. Uh, no, 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 sir. You can't. Am well, I wrong? Well, no, hold on a second. It you think that you think the chosen you think the chosen one can't hit a Y wing? <laughs> no, because Han Solo came in and helped him. Remember? Oh, I know. But Vader still got some close shots in before that. He took out R2. If Luke had been in yeah, a Y was, if Luke had been in a Y Wing, that could have been the back of his cockpit. You don't know. Dude, no, 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 no. Hold on. If he would have if he was in a Y Wing when Vader <laughs> shot him, he would have hit the gun turret and R2 would have been fine. See? There you go. <laughs> I'm saying he could have well, hit I was a not expecting to ship. go. Down that <laughs> topic during this moment here. Imagine, I just, I, just to tell the audience for a quick second, when you want to see me and Kyle go at it live on video, the two of us with this whole thing, how fun would that be? <laughs> also, what the heck kind of ship is that? Middle. Grievous is like he, yeah. he Grievous just escaped in like the Batwing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Which okay. By the way, I know this is everyone. Oh, this is. Oh, the Ithorian. Oh, God. <laughs> Thought she was dead. No. Not here. No, she doesn't I'll die in this I'm one. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Gosh. No, but really quickly, I, I have to say that the 
I, I did like the fact because because I, I know George in the commentary of episode three talks about their the reason why uh, Grievous is coughing because when Mace Windu like crushes them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny because then because now it, it's this kind of doesn't he always cough now? Did yeah, he, yeah. The, did he cough a lot in Clone Wars. I don't remember. Oh, I thought he did. I yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah, so I just thought that not to the extent though as he was in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith though. Like you could still right. make an argument where because Mace Windu do, did that, he's like coughing uncontrollably and more Actually, often. Actually, now that I think about it, like he obviously has the same voice, but I don't. I'd have to go back and watch to see if he really does a lot of coughing. Mm. Huh? Yeah. I don't remember. And it's over already. <laughs> yeah, I know. We talk about too how uh, that moment where Grievous actually captures Palpatine and just kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with Palpatine. I just love that moment of their conversation there where Palpatine says, "Like I'm not afraid with you. You're not going to harm me. Like what would your master say?" Just kind of <laughs> again to Grievous not knowing it, but, but Palpatine playing that dual identity right there, just yeah. knowing that he's in full control. He could say and do whatever he wants right in that moment. It was just it was just great. I just love Palpatine in this. Um, volume of the micro series it is great i will say even though i've seen this a bunch before and like i know how these stories play out and stuff like after watching the siege of mandalore it was really jarring to have like obi-wan and anakin in the hangar and mace windu says the chancellor's been kidnapped we need you back on coruscant and then it just ends i'm like yeah. in the clone wars <laughs> we're used to like that's when the story starts getting good true yeah, that's one of those things where Obviously, what happens in the Siege of Mandalore, where they get called back to Coruscant, is just so much more impactful with what how that went down there with yeah. Anakin and saying goodbye to Ahsoka and all ever that conversation they even had beforehand too, with him giving her the lightsabers, all that. So, yeah, that's one of those things where I just look at it. Everything on Coruscant, I could still have in my head canon. Everything with Obi Wan and Anakin in this season is not canon. It's just. kind of impossible to make it work but yeah i'm fine with kind of removing that anyway if i'm just putting together pieces that in my head canon where if i have to remove obi-wan and anakin's adventure on elvon not a too huge of a loss for me yeah again especially because like in canon you have that same thematic type of story on mortis exactly yeah so you're not losing the significance of what kind of anakin went through in that moment there yeah exactly Man, that just really flew by. <laughs> Did. It was yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Definitely. It definitely feels like a more fleshed out like story and just kind of, again, even though like the Nelvana stuff, um, Nova, whatever the hell they're on, I, it wasn't my favorite. It still, it honestly helps enhance the action around and so this is what i'm saying with the whole candy thing is that yeah you need to have your candy but you need to have the main course so you can appreciate that you know that candy later because if you just eat candy you're gonna eventually it's one it's not gonna fill you up you're gonna keep wanting more and so you're sick and then you're obese and uh, it's a whole thing anyway uh but and that's my point though like you need to have something that's gonna fill you up to kind of again appreciate those things later on and i think that it's it's still a solid like it's still solid it's fine and it's watchable. It's not like it's 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 you know repulsive. It's just not my favorite aspect of the story or of, of the whole show. But it's still you know it fleshes out the whole um, 
idea of the uh, serial serialized format that it makes those action scenes punch even more in my opinion so and that's what really honestly the the last uh, volume was missing it was a little bit more of a substance because if you think about it when the Asajj Ventress stuff starts happening that's when things start kind of like really I think getting good in the series for the most part because again you had that through line of Asajj Ventress and you had had the conflict between the two characters and here you have more of a, you know internal conflict which is interesting so again you can feel George all over that one which is great but I, which I still like and it's, again it's just not my it's just, it's just not the best executed if you will but it's probably because only had like what three minutes to tell a story pretty much so I don't know but yeah I, I but other than that, I still watch this one over the, the first one just because overall, I think it just flows and it just looks a lot better than the first one. I think the first one they're still kind of trying to get the kind of get their feelers out a little bit, like you know, kind of get their get their feet wet a little bit. But now, like after the second one comes in, they kind of know more what they know and they 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 really use everything to their full advantage. Yeah, and using the candy scenario again, even if. A lot of it is candy. It is going to be one of my favorite candies. It's like an episode of a bunch of Starbursts, <laughs> which are my favorite candies. I just love eating all the you time when I can. Yes, they're really good. And the stuff on Coruscant was like the best flavor Starburst. <laughs> so banana. Wait, that would be what? strawberry. No, the, yeah, yeah <laughs> strawberry. Uh, I, 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 dude, I, guys, I'm kidding. God, wait, so there, oh yeah, of course he's trolling. There isn't even a banana flavored Starburst. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, there. Wait, isn't there a lemon or something? What's the yeah, one? There's, yeah. the there's a difference yeah. between a lemon and a banana, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could have fooled me. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, that's that's not how I was expecting to end the commentary. Is talking about Starburst flavors and <laughs> wearing. There's going to be a banana flavored one in there. <laughs> I told you at the beginning, always in motion is the future. You also didn't think that we were going to argue about X wings and Y wings, and if Luke could pilot a Y wing and successfully <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of while well, Grievous is capturing Palpatine. <laughs> but hey, honestly, you, you know what? I think I think that's the most intensely Paul and I have ever argued on an episode without anybody bringing up the Last Jedi or the Rise of Skywalker. So, so why uh, did you have to bring? Why did you have to bring it up? Why you know, you no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, up. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not trying to start anything now. I'm just pointing out the fact that we didn't go there. Okay. Also, I think that would be one of my favorite like debate arguments ever is that what we just had. That was great. That's an old timer, man. We oh yeah, that was that, that was fun. That, that that was good. That was good. I like that. That's a legitimate. Like in all seriousness, that's a legitimate. Well, I question. also love that I was just giving you crap about because I know you love Y wings so much. And look, I like Y wings too. They're great ships, but. You know, you're so sad about your authorian dying. I just wanted to pick on you for something else that, like, you specifically That's like. Fair. And then you That's turned fair. it into like a, a like legi- <laughs> legitimate debate. You're like, no, no, no. This is the scientifics of a Y wing, and this is where Vader's <laughs> shot would have landed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we should we should revisit that. We should try to find a mediator and see if someone could like come in. Like besides Tim, because Tim. He's too, you know, he doesn't want to get in the middle. We need to find someone who doesn't care about getting in the middle between us and just to see what we can do with this uh, kind I'm, of like more philosophical debate. Maybe. I'm always down. Or, of course, we could always settle it on the battlefield, too, and either play around of like battlefront or squadrons or something with me in an X-Wing and you in a Y-Wing and see who does better. Uh, well, well, yeah, well, that's... Oh I think we know who the winner of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't even start with that crap. <laughs> Sir. <sighs> oh, man.
Um, no, this was a lot of fun though. And I think in, you know, kind of going back to your point about just comparing the two seasons, I still think the first season of the micro series has some of my favorite moments in it. Um, I mean, I love that the battle on Munilins and especially, you know, the, the first time you see those arc troopers in action and like the blowing up the tank from the inside and them doing all their cool stuff. I love the Anakin and Ventress fight. I love the introduction to Ventress and the gladiator arena. And I think because that first season had shorter episodes, they could kind of do a lot more, um, you know, it jumps around a lot more. And so there's a lot more like little moments that stand out because it moves around so much and like focuses on so many different, um, you know, battles or character moments or whatever. Um, but I also like that this one is a lot more story focused, that it kind of has more of a plot line. Um, you know, of course we get some cool in-depth thematic foreshadowing stuff with Anakin seeing his future and even just seeing his development from Padawan to Jedi Knight, um, and seeing where his character's at as we move closer to Revenge of the Sith, but then also the whole battle on Coruscant and everything is great. And you still get lots of those cool action moments. So honestly, I think these two go perfectly hand in hand. Um, and I don't know if this was their intention from the beginning, but I love that season one is just kind of like, just a bunch of cool little highlight moments from like battles of the clone wars. And then season two is more streamlined and story focused as we're getting closer to revenge of the Sith and kind of honing in on, um, where this whole time period ends. So, um, yeah, I love them both. I had a great time, you know, rewatching both of these again. Um, and even though this has all been kind of replaced by the newer clone Wars series now which to be clear i mean i i don't think anybody's gonna get this confused but i'm not complaining about that whatsoever i still hold the dave filoni clone clone war series in higher regard um just because of again the the sheer amount of content and the length of the episodes and the introduction of ahsoka of course um and just how much more they're able to dig into the characters but um i love this stuff too i'm glad it's on disney plus i'm glad that um people can still watch this and they're still kind of acknowledging it um, and like we said, there's, you know, if you want to kind of cherry pick moments from this that still work and, and kind of work that into your head canon, um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of great stuff in there too, that I think still holds up. So I'm glad we've got this. I'm glad it's on Disney plus, um, and, uh, yeah, glad we got to watch it again. Yeah. Echo everything you said there. I mean, it's just great to have both series, honestly, because back when these were first airing, I thought this was going to be it for a bit. This was Star Wars animation on TV right here. And the fact that we got seven seasons of another series based on the Clone Wars and was continued what this started off with amazing Star Wars animated content set in this era. It's just great to have both. And again, so glad it is on Disney Plus now. It is in HD, even though we were talking about earlier season one, maybe not looking as great as we hope to, but season two certainly uh, looked better yeah. than I thought it was after seeing how season one was. So yeah. it's great having it look better than it ever did. And just more importantly, just have it widely available now so everyone can check it out who maybe were just fans of the Dave Filoni Clone Wars series and wasn't able to check this one out. Now they have the opportunity to do that to get more Clone Wars stories. So it's just great that all this stuff is becoming more available now all in one central place to have everything in Star Wars. It's just great to have that option now for everyone uh, to experience it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's good stuff. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all we've got to say on it before we wrap up uh, and head out here. Tim, did we get any uh, comments or anything from the listeners um, talking about these uh, Clone Wars micro series? 
yeah, we got a response on Twitter from Derek Beebe at Derek J. Beebe, who says this in regards to volume two, that it was even better than volume one because it told a single story with substance rather than being a series of vignettes. Grievous kidnapping Palpatine was an amazing story. Um, yeah, so I think Derek echoes a lot what we were saying about this volume here for season two and just how it just said about fleshing out more of a singular story. So yeah, Derek is in agreement with us. And I agree, especially of what you're saying about Grievous kidnapping Palpatine. <laughs> that was such a great part of this whole season of the Clone Wars here. And again, just filling in that little bit of gap, knowing that Palpatine was captured at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. And this is how it all happened. And until it's told otherwise, this is how it's I, I am. And I know probably you guys and other Star Wars fans are going to view it as the way Palpatine was captured. And I'm fine by that because it was amazing. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that, Derek, and uh, for agreeing and checking out uh, the second volume of The Clone Wars. Yeah, definitely. Um, and of course, you know, if you guys want to uh, send us thoughts, comments, you know, chime in on on stuff that we're talking about. You can follow us on social media on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. Um, you can send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com and check out our website at Star Wars TSC.com for all the latest uh, news stories and episodes and all that kind of stuff that we're posting on there. Um, of course, be sure to check out thunderquack.com for all the other awesome podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Um, and uh yeah that's gonna do it for now we'll see you guys next time it's mid-april now so we'll see if any news or anything breaks in the next couple of weeks that we uh need to talk about before the end of this month or maybe we'll do another fun topic episode or something but um other than that if we don't talk to you again before may the 4th then may the 4th be with you and enjoy the bad batch and we'll be back to talk all about that premiere next month um so we're going to be uh, having some more cool Star Wars animated stuff coming up pretty shortly here. Um, but this has been fun. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Godspeed, Robert!